Welcome to the Chrissy Crash Podcast. I'm Chrissy Crash, a former smoker, drinker, fast food eater, unhappy bartender, transformed into a roller derby athlete, runner, and fitness coach. Each week, I'll bring you an insightful guest or lesson learned from my own perfectly imperfect life to help you uncover how to create more love, light, joy, and health in your everyday experience despite the chaos and challenges. I believe that life is a contact sport. Let the games begin. Do you want to elevate your game on the track in 12 weeks or less, guaranteed? Yeah, I said it. If I could help you get fitter, faster, stronger, and more confident on the track while having more joy, self-confidence, and love in your life outside the track in just 12 weeks, guaranteed, would you be interested? Well, click the link in the show notes to learn more. What's up, my friends? Chrissy Crash here. Welcome to another episode of the Chrissy Crash podcast. We are in part two of a three-part podcast series with Matt Panzerina, aka Grandmaster Smash, aka Smash, aka Smash Derby Skills on Instagram. For those of you that didn't catch the info in the first podcast, Matt is a former minor league hockey player turned roller derby athlete and actually roller derby coach as well. Currently playing with the San Diego Aftershocks and then coaching three different teams in Hawaii. So Big Island Roller Derby, Echo City Knockouts, and then the 808 High Rollers Junior League. Um, and he's actually run clinics all over the country. And so we're actually all over the world. And I wanted to make the second podcast about creating a quality derby camp and clinic. So hi, Matt. Thanks for joining us again. Aloha. Good to see you again. <laughs> Likewise. So Sash, tell us a little bit like about how you got into the coaching side of derby. Okay. Yeah. So crazy. My ex at the time had bought a pair of skates and she bought the skates without telling me that she bought skates. Okay. That's cool. Whatever. I had found out that she was skating and I, I was like, Hey, like, you know that I can literally help you skate. Like that's all I ever did in my life. I, I've been teaching people to skate forever. So I started working with her and she started skating and getting better and better and better. She got recruited by a local derby team, the Echo City Knockouts. And then she went to her practice. I didn't go the first two or three practices. Just, it was her thing and I wanted her to have it and, and enjoy it and do the whole the whole team process. You don't um, want to be like the dad on the sideline. No. Like, no, I just wanted her to have fun with it. But I was like, hey, I can help you become good. Like I can really teach you skate. So I went to a practice, like fourth or fifth one in. And it was immediately clear that they they needed a coach. They had no structure. It looked ridiculous. There was just people running all over the place. So it was chaotic, no plan. And they weren't really accomplishing things. And she had mentioned that because of that lack of structure, it really wasn't that fun. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you need a coach. And the response I got back was, well, what are you going to do? So that's how I became a derby coach. I feel like that. Yeah, that's how so many people get sucked in. But it's so important. Like, if you have someone like yourself, that's like this really awesome resource. It's such a gift to these teams, because most people that come into roller derby, they didn't grow up as coaches, they didn't grow up as athletes. And even like from the business side, like they didn't grow up as business people trying to run like these organizations. And so it's nice when you have someone that comes in that just is like, I already know how to do this already. Everyone's like, please. Please help us. When did you start running camps? So I 
I think, I think my first camp I did was 2015 or 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, colored, so I had to, I had to learn the rules of roller derby first off. So that took I me still a don't, to learn. I still don't know all the rules. For right. Yeah. Derby. The rules change every day. Anyway. But for me personally, I, I was very fortunate to have a mentor in roller derby as well. A coach Lyme out of Edmonton. Lyme taught me how to coach. I could, I could teach skills and skating and all day long, but really understanding the nuances of coaching roller derby, I was fortunate enough to have a, a really great mentor, how to manage a clock, how to run a jam, how to, you know, all of the really finer points, how to talk to the officials, you know, coming from hockey, there's a little bit different of a conversation. <laughs> you talking to a ref doesn't involve like walking up and like punching him in the face or screaming at him or something. No, but just the language and just how you interact in in hockey the, the officials are are always they're always present and they're in the game mm-hmm. in derby the officials are separate from the game mm-hmm. they're there but they're kind of separate so you, the, the the conversation is much more free in hockey like because they're they're literally next to you in the middle of what's happening so you, you might be in a physical situation where people are punching you and the official is next to you talking to you. And, and you know, you like, you're having these kind of conversations in roller derby. It's not that that's not the case, right? You, you have to almost present your argument like a lawyer to, to the judge or jury <laughs> and ask for things. So yeah, learning those fine points. I was, I was fortunate to have a, a mentor on that, but skills competition, like skills, clinics and things i've been doing skating clinics for years and years and years hockey based and then roller derby oh cool so you already had like the entire you already had like the concept of like running camps stuff like that and you were able to like transfer those skills over what do you think are like for people that are maybe like there's a league that wants to run a clinic or someone that's trying to learn how to like it's like, yeah, I'm a great skater. Okay. Like you said, you have to learn how to coach. So like, what right. would be like the key elements that you would include? Do you feel like in like a successful, like boot camp or training camp? But for, you need to have a, a theme. There's gotta be a theory. So whatever you're trying to accomplish in that small window of time, because ultimately it's a, it's just this small little sliver of time that you're working with the team or the skaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need, you need to have a plan, like a theme. And then from that theme, you need to have a plan. So there has to be a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you have to be able to work through each one of those segments. If you take, for example, we're working on building a skating stride. There are building blocks that get you from point A, very, very basic, to the middle, to the the finished product of of the smooth skating stride. You've got to have all those little pieces put together in an order that makes sense and then you can drill individual areas of and then at the very end how do you plug it all back in and apply it yeah yeah because it it, it's always like kind of feels ass backwards trying to like first start learning how to coach because you have to think back to how did i learn how to do that and you do you have to like back out each little step of it okay got it so you have like the overarching theme and then you basically take that overarching theme you create each day and then you create each essentially like each drill and then you break down like the mechanics of each piece um so how do you structure your camps to ensure that athletes are getting the most out of out of their training okay yeah so again you know you have the plan you have the theory you have everything in set and now you're you went from this giant overarching many people and now you have to kind of zoom in and work with individuals 
So you have to keep it moving so they don't get bored. It's got to be engaging. And then you, you have to be able to see some practical growth. So everybody learns at different ways and they all learn at different paces. And some people might be very advanced. Some people might be very beginning. You pick out the areas that can show each one of those people some growth. So if, I mean, I don't even, what's a great example? I don't really know what a great example would be other than like basic skating stuff. So you've been skating for 15 years and you got a pretty good stride and you got all these things happening. Rewind to the beginning, touch on all of the fundamental pieces for you in that, that area and really refine the stride, mm -hmm. really build it out. And you'll see areas of growth that the very beginning skater who can barely stand up will find the same growth path because you're literally working on the same steps. So nice. it's, it's good for, for all of the levels to see, Hey, I'm at the, I'm at block one, never skated before versus I've been skating forever and you're working on the same exact step, the same exact process. And you can literally see the chain go up and up and up until everybody is moving at the similar pace. Well, and that, and that makes sense though, right? Because, I feel like a lot of skaters also, again, didn't necessarily have great coaches. And so they probably have like weird kind of like bad habits. And so if you right. can go in and sort of reteach them from the ground up so they can actually think about the mechanics of what they're doing versus just like having randomly figured out how to have their body do it. Right. And that's one of the, the, the toughest things to deal with coming into Derby with teams that have not had a lot of coaching. Mm -hmm. or not really good coaching is the bad habit. And I, I will, I share this with, with everybody that doesn't matter how long you've been skating for or what your level is, you, you need to consistently and constantly go back and work on the fundamental portions of skate. Mm -hmm. It's uh, skating sports, derby, hockey, any figure skating, all of these skating sports are so much more different than traditional sports because everybody can run or and right. most people can right skating is a completely non-natural movement you literally have to practice skating all the time and and i always i always when i start a clinic i always ask the same question and it's not a trick question how much of the physical game of roller derby is played on skates everybody looks blank face they just look at you like what like my like, face like just now i, I was like how much I don't know. Can you answer this question? One hundred percent of the game is played on skates. Oh, okay. so if you're not spending an adequate amount of time building your fundamental skating skills, you yeah. can't perform at the very best level. Mm -hmm. And what what a limiting factor to roller derby is the skating skill level, because if you can only go as fast as your slowest skater. Right. If if you're not consistently building fundamental skating skills, you're going to be capped off at this one place. It doesn't so matter true. what system you operate in or what, what play you're running. If, if you can't do the fundamental pieces of doing it, then, you know, that's what happens. Well, and so many people, I think they think once they get beyond what well, past minimum skills, like, why do I really even need any of that stuff? But it's so true. I feel like, like I was a pretty good roller derby skater, but my forte was my communication my like leadership on the pack, the track, the fact that I was big and the fact that I could like blindly smash anyone. But my skating skills were pretty shitty. Like I did not feel like I was ever a great skater. And I think that like that 
that is a hundred percent it. Like once I got past sort of like the fundamentals, I feel like if I would have taken that next step of just like continuing to just beat on and hone on my skills, I would have been like a whole, would have been some like next level Chrissy crash shit. <laughs> yeah. 100%. And that, that's for everybody. And that's, what's cool is that everybody can achieve that. It's not mm-hmm. like you don't have to be physically gifted to, to get that process. Like everybody can get there. Nice. Nice. Yeah. hundred percent. You just have to like, keep actually like doing it. But again, that's exactly, I love that you're building everybody up together. Do you do anything else at, at clinics to manage? Like if you, you know, you run this clinic and you have all these people coming in at like different levels. Is, do you do anything else to like adjust for that? Or is it just kind of keeping everybody on that same pace? So, I mean, obviously if, if, if a skater is like far exceeding the basic level, I will, Hey, do this next piece Mm-hmm. take it to this level. I try to manage my time to give everybody some time. It's hard when you're working with classes that are large. Mm-hmm. I try to keep my classes fairly small. I mean, 40 people is a lot to manage, but that's the max that I can really by myself spend time with. Yeah. Ideally, I'd like to have like, I don't know, 15 to 20 people to make it really beneficial. But you just try to, you just really try to group like skaters together show the process, kind of build it out. And and that goes for if I'm work, if I'm teaching a skill or if I'm trying to show a system or a gameplay or any of that kind of stuff, you got to balance out the the time you're speaking with the time they're moving. Yeah. You got to cut it. Yeah, cuz some of this stuff is real heady and it can take a lot of time to talk about. Mm-hmm. But then they're not they're not engaged as much as they should be. The more skaters stand around, the, the, the faster you lose their attention. They just check out. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> We're like toddlers. So can you share any tips for creating like a positive and supportive team culture during training? Like, do you do anything intentionally to like try to create that kind of atmosphere? Yeah. Um, you know, before I start any session, I like to bring the whole group together and together as one group, we do something whatever that is with given time, you know, whatever the time is, if it's like a roller con class, shameless plug, I'll be teaching at roller con. If you want to come learn about some stuff with me, but if it's like a roller con class where you're really time to find and you have like a very small amount of time, I'll just bring everybody in real quick. We'll quickly go over the definition of what we're working on. I'll, I'll lay out the feed and then I'll, I'll try to have a, an environment where everybody feels free about interacting and asking questions and kind of, it's, it's, you know, their input is, is respected and and welcome, you know, please ask questions. If we've got a little bit more time and it's like a boot camp situation, I always take everybody through a group warm up and a group stretch, the whole, the whole group. And as we're in that moment where everybody's working together and we're stretching and we're talking about what we're going to accomplish, how we're going to set it out. And then we, we go and set up the, whatever the program is, but yeah, allow a platform for people to ask questions, welcome questions. I'm not the end all be all. I don't ever profess to be the greatest ever. So you can learn something from every person that you meet. So I welcome that kind of, you know, questioning, please ask. If you don't understand something, I'm not clear about it. Sometimes I don't speak loud enough. Let me know, you know, give me the feedback as we're having it. And then I don't tolerate any drama or disrespect. So. 
and that's just in general from my coaching rule one of the my foundational rules when i started with roller derby was i have zero time or patience for drama nice when we come we come to the track we come to work out that's what we're there for whatever you've got personally going on or whatever is happening leave it outside two hours later three hours later it'll be there you can you can pick that back up later on (laughs) don't worry it's waiting for you (laughs) yeah exactly and i think that it comes across really well because that relieves some of that stress off of skaters. Mm-hmm. If they're like, if they know that the coach or whoever is guiding is, is not going to allow any of the petty drama things that can tend to happen with competitive sports. Mm-hmm. I'm just not, I don't have time for it. Right. I'm there to teach and I want people to learn. So I try to make it as structured and as slow as possible so that we can avoid all those pitfalls all the drama i like that you said like the petty drama that happens in all sports because that makes i think it's important to point out that while roller derby is full of drama all sports are full of drama yeah. <laughs> we're not special what right. do you think do you think there's any like common mistakes that coaches make when planning or executing boot camps yeah you know trying to put too much in a, in a tiny little place right you really have to understand the content what you're trying to teach and how kind of gauge how long it's going to really take the process from the from the students or the skaters. If you if you try to smash a thousand things in the, in in their face, they're only going to retain a small portion of that. And that's in general. You 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 whatever you're trying to teach, they maybe if you're really really lucky, they might retain twenty five percent of what you're talking about. Right. And, not, and that's not a bad thing. That's that's just the way that everybody processes stuff. It's hard in a very fast situation to really process, really absorb. So you just try to manage the key pieces. And if it's a, if it's a bigger concept, can you, you, can you break it down into smaller pieces that, that will link together to make the big concept mm-hmm. and, and time management structure. If you if you have no structure and no time management, you have no clinic or, or boot camp that's worth you got to have everything has to be on a, a schedule down to how yeah. long that you actually speak to somebody. Yeah, actually, I do that too. Like when I make practices or boot camps and stuff, I'm always like, this is going to happen for 15 minutes. And then this is going to happen for 10 minutes. Otherwise, you just end up with like a 900 things that you're going to do. And then before you know it, everybody's confused and you've been doing one thing for 45 minutes. So yeah, structure. Speaking my, speak my love language, man, structure is like my favorite thing on the planet. So I asked you to come up with your five key pieces of building a quality camper clinic. I'm sure we've probably gone over them a lot, but this will be a good like summary just to wrap things up. So what do you feel like would be the five key pieces if someone is working on building a quality camper clinic? Yeah. So number one, planning. Without a plan, it's chaos. You got, you have to have a plan. So always have a plan. Two is structure. We, We talked about this already. Without the structure, it just falls apart. Three, you've got to have flow. The, the clinic or, or class or whatever you're working on needs to move from place to place to place smoothly. You can't jump from topic. You can't go, we're going to do this, and then we're going to go to do this un- completely unrelated thing and then come back to something. You can't do that. Everything has to flow down downstream to make it nice and easy. The theory we talked about early, the topic needs to be clear. It should be relatable repeatable and actionable so without those steps you're really not teaching something nice and then five is application 
you know, how do you take all of these individual pieces that you just worked on and then what, what do they really apply to you? You know, what does a, a building a skating stride really apply to? Then we, how do you relate that to the game of roller derby? Whatever the skill is, if it's a transition from forward to backwards or a crossover or any number of the pieces that are there, take that skill that you worked on and then put it into a very applicable real world scenario. Yeah. Nice. I love that. Yeah. You have to, you have to like actually turn it into gameplay. Otherwise it's just like random theory. Right. Awesome. Well, Smash, this has been super freaking awesome and full of tons of knowledge bombs. For those of you guys that are listening, if you got something out of this, please screenshot it, tag myself, tag Smash. We'll put his Insta in the comments below. If you have, you know, if your league is thinking about putting on a boot camp, if you have a, a derby friend who's, who's like really awesome at derby is like, man, I'd be really good at doing boot camps or whatever. If, if you feel like this is applicable to your coaching staff, you know, and some of this stuff is valuable for running practices, like please forward this stuff onto your league because life is a contact sport and those who touch the most lives win. So we will see you guys in part three next week for our final episode with Smash, where we will talk about developing people, not just athletes. So we'll see you guys in the next episode.